back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Yusagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is a spoiler podcast to let you guys know, and you have arrived in time for episode 28. This is our continuation of the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy storyline. Uh, this is part four, Thunder and Lightning, from Usagi Yojimbo 16, dated May 1989 from Fantagraphics. Our character list is pretty consistent with who it has been. We have our protagonist, Miyamoto Usagi. Uh, we have the ninja Shinjin. Lord Tomokuro, who is the uh, antagonist, as it turns out in this story. Captain Torame, his second-in-command. Tomoyame, uh, who is a um, eh, on-again, off-again paramour of Usagi's. Spot. Usagi's former companion, a uh, Tokage, Zatoinu, and Ginosuke. Uh, Zatoinu is a play on the blind swordsman. He is the blind swords pig. And Ginosuke is a um, bounty hunter, a rhino bounty hunter, uh, associate, we'll say, of Usagi's. And uh, for the first time, all of these secondary or backup characters of Usagi's are coming together in one big story. Uh, this is a five or six part story, I believe. Definitely five. I'm not sure if it's six. Um, and we are talking about part four today. The story opens with a full page. Usagi, sword held out, riding a horse hard straight at us out of the page. Interesting thing about the horse is that the rear legs... As you descend from the hip down, they don't end in hooves. They end in this cloudy, amorphous kind of thing, and then they kind of peter out. So it's got front hooves, and then it's got something going on with the back legs there, kind of letting you know that something a little different perhaps is up. But Usagi continues to ride, encounters an earthquake that just completely trashes the ground, Huge uprisings of of the earth, splitting asunder. Uh, He is cast down into one of the crevasses, but manages to grab hold and climb himself up to the top of one of these uplifted, now it, it appears, pinnacles of rock. And as he does, from out of the gloom of the crevasses around the pinnacle, shoots a huge, rather stylistic, oriental dragon telling Usagi that he'll never escape. The roar of the dragon will rip this land apart. Usagi is exclaiming how he'll fight the dragon to the death. The dragon kind of attacks him with a, looks like a breath attack, or it could be just the roar of the dragon, or a combination of the two that uh, Mr. Sakai was trying to get to us. But either way, Usagi falls. He's forced off of his pinnacle. He should have died, he realizes, but he didn't because he landed on a big pile of bones. Um, Not sure if the pile of bones is meant to signify all those that are going to die because of the dragon, or all of those that Usagi has killed. As we find out a little bit more about this dream, it turns out that this is a feverish guilt dream that Usagi is having. So these bones that he's landed on could very well be the bones of people that he feels responsible for over the course of his life. But uh, 
Either way, he recovers, and he sees something else approaching him and realizes that it is a Yurai. Uh, Mr. Sakai gives us the word, or ghost, as it were. And as the, as the ghost um, comes closer, he sees that it is uh, Tomoe, his on-again, off-again paramour. And she is berating him because he left her to die. He's trying to defend himself verbally. And then she attacks him as a, as a demon ghost apparition here. Uh, he attempts to defend himself then physically and wakes up. Drenched in sweat, realizes it's a bad dream, looks around trying to get his bearings, and finds out that he's in some kind of, probably one of these roadside shrines, with Shinjin, of all people. They exchange as much as they can pleasantries. We find out that Shinjin's fall off of the waterfall was not as it appeared. But, in the meantime, Shinjin has found that Usagi was not responsible for the raising of Shinjin's village. That, in reality, was Lord Tamakuro, uh, who, again, is the protagonist of this story. Now, Shinjin uh, is aware of the length and breadth of Tamakuro's evil, uh, his plans, and tells Usagi that we have to get going, uh, making Usagi intensely curious about the we part, because as far as Usagi knows, they were, uh, they had a very antagonistic relationship, uh, the last that he was aware. So, apparently while he's been doing what he's been doing, and while he was under the fever, things have uh, slightly changed for him. We cut to Tor Lord Tamakuro, who is uh, berating his second-in-command, Captain Torame, for allowing Usagi and Tomoe Ame to escape both. Uh, one, to completely escape the fortress, and the other to escape, but still be in the fortress somewhere, just place unknown. Uh, so he tells, uh, he, Tamakuro, tells Torame that we need to move our timeline up. We're going to attack the Shogun earlier than we initially thought. And also, you need to find Usagi and or Tomoe, or it will be you. We cut to the uh, somewhere in the fortress. It's still outside of cover, but it's still in the fortress. And we see Tomoe, and she spies a Niko Ninja who has killed a guard and is escaping, and she's wondering briefly what what the, the Nikko Ninja is doing there. Uh, cut back to Usagi and Shinjin, who are running upstream towards a waterfall. Shinjin runs through the waterfall into a cave. Usagi follows, and we find that in this cave is a collection of ninja. No, all of the ninja that there were for the clan did not die in the village, Shinjin has recalled all those that were out in the field in the area from as far as word could get. They are plotting to attack Lord Tamakuro to give Lord Hikiji, who is typically who they work for, time to muster forces to put down the Tamakuro uprising. Now, Hikiji needs time 
And so the ninja are going to attack the fortress to throw things off to give Hikiji the time he needs to marshal his forces. They have gathered. They're preparing to leave. Shinjin asks Usagi if he uh, intends to help, that his sword would be very, very useful. Instead, Usagi realizes that he needs to get word of this to Lord Noriyuki, which is initially why he got out of the fortress, why Tomoe sacrificed herself to ensure that Usagi got out of the fortress, to go warn Tomoe's lord, Noriyuki, of what Lord Tamakuro is conspiring to do. Lord Noriyuki being a close-by lord, perhaps can do something in um, honor of the Shogun himself. So he can help the Shogun by trying to do something before the attack directly on the Shogun occurs because he is a loyalist nearest Lord Tamakuro. Word gets to Shinjin via the ninja that we saw just now at the fortress that Tomoe is alive, so rather than going to continue his trip toward Lord Noriyuki, Usagi does throw in with the ninjas to attack the fortress. He, in turn, to look for his paramour, Tomoe. He uh, says that he will help and asks Shinjin himself to send word to Lord Noriyuki of the conspiracy, which, of course, being a ninja, they probably have methods and can get word through a lot faster than what Usagi himself could actually do. So uh, that that will work out in their benefit. So they all go uh, on their way to the fortress, and on the way, Usagi encounters Spot, and he realizes, well, if Spot is here, then Ino must be nearby. So now we cut to Zatu Ino. Cape, uh, fake pine nose, because Usagi cut off his nose. His nose is what he uses to fight with rather than his eyes. He sees with his nose. Uh, But in their duel, Usagi cut his nose off. Zatu has replaced it with a pine nose and a strap around his head. It looks like a fake nose, which it is, but it's very funny. Uh, So he is uh, traipsing, uh, uh, trudging rather, after Spot in the uh, rain and the massive storm that has been as much a character in this story as anything else. We uh, then cut to Genosuke. We see that he is very upset about being in the rain, being dirty, being nasty, being uncomfortable, being anything other than uh, perfectly at peace, which is what he prefers. But he's a bounty hunter, so he doesn't get that very often. He stumbles and falls down a hill, and in the process hears that Zato, or someone, is yelling for Spot. He puts together that he has learned that Zato travels with a pet that he calls Spot, so this may well be Zato, who he has been hunting. He sees him in the distance, calls at him, rushes up to him, and a duel starts. Fairly traditional stances taken by the two men at the start of the duel. Uh, Genosuke being the samurai holding the uh, sword 
scabbard, and I'm sorry, I know that scabbard is not the right word in uh, feudal Japan, but it's escaping me. Uh, out in front of him with one hand, the sword held low and off to the side and behind with the other. Zato, as the blind sword's pig, as the blind masseuse was known to do in the movies and television series of his namesake, is holding his cane, which doubles as his sword, in a uh, defensive stance, not having completely pulled the sword out, but holding it in a distinct underhand, as opposed to Genosuke's overhand grip. The two start to fight. Uh, they are very evenly matched. Neither can get anything in on the other. We have a panel here of Mr. Sakai drawing, as it were, statically, the pretty standard anime meme of the two combatants eyeballing each other, running parallel to each other at great speeds. Uh, we have, have a panel here showing that, which I thought was pretty funny. They then stop the running and engage again uh, in this engagement Genosuke gets scratched on the side under his uh, under his arm. They rush each other and attack, and uh, we see that Zatu cuts off about 75% of Genosuke's horn. Uh, Genosuke at this point realizes that hmm, he, he may well be overmatched in this fight. Up until now, he's been pretty confident, uh, well, which we know from other stories, that he can take this uh, rogue who is wanted. But now he's starting to fear that perhaps this man is better than he is. Uh, just as they are about to finalize their attack, a, a fearsome frontal rush at each other, we have a panel with a huge crack of lightning on the hillside behind them, uh, with Usagi and Spot standing atop and the ninja arrayed in, a, in an arc across the hill behind Usagi. Usagi telling Zato and Genosuke to stop. He comes up, uh, explains to the two of them what is going on, um, gives each of them the um, coaxing that they need, dependent on their personality. He tells Genosuke that there probably is a reward going to be offered by the Shogun for putting down this rebellion of Tamakuro. Money being Gerosuke's soft spot. Zato, he tells that by defeating Tamakuro, that Lord Noriyuki will probably be very pleased and would be happy to set up Zato with his own land somewhere where he can peacefully retire, which is his heart's goal, to just be left alone and be able to live by himself. They decide they, Genosuke and Zato, decide to join with Usagi and the ninjas to attack this castle. They achieve the castle. Uh, Shinjin sends some of his men inside to kind of pare things down, take out some guards in silence. They rig an explosive on the inside of the fortress to blow a huge hole in the wall, which they do. And through this hole, the final panel of the story, we see Zato Ino Shinjin, Usagi Spot, and Genosuke 
charging at us, coming out of the hole with very severe, attacky looks on their face. So, that's the way this part of the story ends. They have breached Tamakuro's fortress and are attacking his fortresses head-on. Uh, Mr. Sakai introduced two words to us, Yurai, uh, which is a ghost, and one that I did not mention in the story, but uh, when Usagi first gains entrance to the ninja's uh, cave under the waterfall, the ninja that runs in from having uh, listened in at Tamakuro's fortress reporting in calls out Kashira, or chief, to Shinjin when he sees him. So there's a couple couple new words for us. Um, I think that's everything. No new words, or new words, excuse me, no feedback. A couple new words. No feedback this episode, anything like that. If you do want to leave some feedback, um, you can do so at usagipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, next time up, we have the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy Part 5, In the Heart of the Storm, from Usagi Ojimbo, Issue 17, dated July 1989, from Fantagraphics. Uh, TheReaderFeed.com is the website for the show. I want to thank Usagi Ojimbo Dojo on Facebook for allowing me to post notices of the show there. And Ronin Rabbit is on Google+. There's the episode, guys. There's the way to get in touch with me. Thanks a lot for listening. I'll be back shortly with uh, episode 29. Right? Yeah, 29. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.